I was yelling at him for yelling at me. And I was thinking, who taught him this? And this voice came in the room and said, you, Lisa, you're teaching him to be angry and reactive. I'm Rachel. And I'm Marcela. And you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Marcella. I'm so happy to be back and very excited for our interview today. Yes. I mean, I, I cannot believe who we're going to interview. <laughs> she's, um, I mean, she, for me, she's a role model in the gentle parenting industry. Um, she's a mentor for me. Um, she's a great parenting coach and uh, you're down for a treat for in this podcast episode. We are going to talk about getting rid of anger as a gentle parent. So just imagine for a second, the listener, the one who is listening to us, that you start 2023 with a peaceful you, with a peaceful you that regardless how your children are behaving, if they're tantruming, if they're crying, if they're, if, if they're too noisy, that you are peaceful within you through the chaos, through whatever it is going through. How would that feel for you? So that's going to be the topic for this podcast episode. Um, and yes, uh, we're going to introduce Lisa Smith, the peaceful parent. Hi, Lisa. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Marcella. Hello, listeners. I am so excited to be here. I woke up at three o'clock this morning. Today's the day we get to do the podcast. I was so excited. So if you really want to raise your children from respect, from understanding, to have a peaceful interaction with your child, even through tough moments, however you feel like doesn't matter how much you try, you still, your anger still comes through. We have the expert here for you. And by the way, if you want to get rid of and cleanse your anger, this is a three-week mini course where you're going to come in, get the tools, get out. It's not going to be long. It's going to be sweet and to the point for you to get rid of your anger. And the biggest, most amazing thing is that Lisa Smith, She's offering for our listeners a big discount. So this mini course is normally retail price $197, but for our listeners, Lisa Smith, the peaceful parent, she's offering it to you for just $47. Wow. I went to Taco Bell yesterday and three burritos, three tacos, one burrito, a soda. I mean, I pay more than that. Bottom line. <laughs> so just open the podcast episode, the description, and then you can find the link there. Or go to my Instagram or TikTok at Heimput Club, and then you can find the link there as well. Or you can go to that and you say it, Lisa. You, you can say it better than me. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at the space peaceful space parent. The peaceful parent. Yep. You can get it there as well. And if you are one of our HIC cycle breakers, you can find the link in our private Facebook group. So Lisa, I am curious to know, 
if you struggled yourself with anger and how, if you did, how did you become a peaceful parent or the peaceful parent? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a great question. I um, grew up in a house full of yellers. And I like to say that if yelling were an Olympic sport, I would come from a dynasty of gold medalists. And I'm only sort of kidding. So in my family, there was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of drama, a lot of trauma, a lot of stress. And everybody communicated by yelling at each other and mostly yelling at me as the kid. And it really affected me a lot. And I swore when I was a child, if I ever had children, that I would not yell at them. And 14 years into my marriage, my husband and I decided to have a baby. And I love this kid more than any parent has ever loved their kid. But when he's turned two, heading towards three years old, I noticed that I was angry and reactive all the time over the stupidest little things. And I saw myself being the parent I didn't want to be, being angry and reactive at him, towards him. And then because he's a strong-willed kid, full contact sport, we call him. He was getting angry and reactive back to me. And there was this day I was yelling at him. He was yelling at me. I was yelling at him for yelling at me. And I was thinking, who taught him this? And this voice came in the room and said, you, Lisa, you're teaching him to be angry and reactive. And that was my moment. I think a lot of us parents have a moment that we can put our finger on. And that was it for me. In that moment, I realized something had to change. I didn't know what it was at that point, but I said to myself, we're not going to do it this way because I don't have a great relationship with my parents to this day. And it's because of how they treated me as a kid. And I was afraid that we were headed down the same path. So I started doing research and I found peaceful parenting. I used the tools on myself and my family. And in the first couple of weeks, we had a massive transformation. Now, the other thing that happened is I knew how to use the tools, but I hadn't worked through the anger myself yet. It was still showing up. I was holding it in, right? So I wasn't expressing it onto my child, but it was still within me. And I didn't like that feeling. I wanted more for myself. So I set about to really dissect anger really understand what it is and where it comes from. And then I built this course around that. And at this point, thousands of families have gone through this course and report relief and cleansing of the anger within themselves when interacting with their kids. I, I can fully relate to growing up in a yelling and reactive household and had a very unpredictable father as well. And so it, you know, I, I saw some of those same things trickling into my parenting. And I love that you're offering parents a resource based on personal experience, you know, and that that you have seen this be massively impactful in your own parenting. And for you to be able to offer that to other parents is just beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, Rachel, if all you know is anger, because that's what you grew up around and that's what was modeled for you then, you know, I say to parents all the time, you're not broken. Nothing's gone wrong. You just need some new tools and you need a shift in your thinking and then tools to approach your child. We're all going to get angry at our kids from time to time. 
you know, we're all gonna, our kids are going to do things that were, that surprise us, that disrupt us, that bring up big emotions for us. And the course offers, like I said, a perspective shift and then the tools on how to approach our children to move away from anger, to not impulsively yell, threaten, punish, or butt heads with our kids. Hmm. A lot of our listeners ask, what about if the damage is already is already there? I, I hear and I see that a lot. What about if I don't have a two-year-old? I have a 10-year-old and I've been yelling at him for 10 years and he already developed this personality of reactivity. Is there still hope for me? Oh, such a great question, Marcella. And I'm so glad you asked it. You know, I... I I can only look into the camera and say with my entire heart, please hear me when I say this, it's never too late to get on the path to peaceful parenting. You know, I've worked with parents of adult children that, that have worked through their anger and it's never too late. Kids and humans are incredibly forgiving and it's never too late to connect. It's never too late to take responsibility for your mistakes and model a new way of showing up in the world. Mm. That's so good. That's so, so good. What about when parents say, I, I don't know about if it's possible when I have so much trauma that I have to work through. Uh, last week, I was on the phone with a beautiful parent and she was telling me, I wonder if I have to work on myself, like seek out therapy before I even need, before I even think about starting my peaceful parenting journey. What would you have to say to that parent? I love that question. And I love the awareness the parent has. So often the real work that needs to be done is actually on us. So I find that parent to be spot on, whether we've experienced trauma, whether we need to break cycles, whether we need to learn new tools, the parent is spot on that the work is really within us. What I would encourage that parent to do is concurrently at the same time, work on herself with the therapist while bringing tools into her parenting. And this three week anger cleanse, especially at the price US $47, is the perfect opportunity to get exposed to some short and sweet and simple tools that are going to help her stay regulated and work on her anger while parenting, while at the same time she's working on her trauma, whether it's big T trauma or little T trauma. Those things can be happening in parallel and her child can feel the relief when interacting with the parent while she's working on herself. I am curious if I, I'm hearing our listeners in my head you know, that you've got a group of parents whose nervous system response is to fight, to react, to yell. Could this anger cleanse course also help parents who tend to flee or freeze or fawn and try to fix their children? Or yes, Marcella is saying, that's me. So she tends to flee and I tend to fight. So I'm sitting here going, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get it for myself. But I, I'm curious for the the parents who are like, well, I, I don't really yell or overreact. 
but I walk away or I freeze in the moment and don't know what to do or I try to like move into fixer energy and fix my child. Could this mini course also help those parents? A hundred percent. It's a great question, Rachel. And it, 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 you know, it, it leans towards that permissive side of parenting, right? And so one of you leans more on the permissive side and the other more on the dominant side. And what the course is really intended to do is to teach you this, the first week, what we address is how to become an emotional detective, right? And, and that is so important. For me, one of the first things I learned um, in, in my training was that all kids at all times are just trying to get their needs met. And I'll never forget where I was standing the day I heard this. I was like, what? What? You mean to tell me he's not being difficult, disrespectful, you know, obstinate, horrible, what? He's got a need? And so this is really the underbelly of peaceful parenting is whether you're fleeing or fighting is to grasp being an emotional detective so you can take a healthy pause and gather yourself and stay in the game in a peaceful way rather than fight or flight or freeze. So step one is to become an emotional detective. We all need this. I refresh my memory of this all the time. I have an 18-year-old who's a senior in high school, and I'm always reminding myself that every behavior communicates a need. So that's what we address week one. Then week two, we address what is anger? What is it really? Which is a cover emotion for other things. And so we address how to not get stuck as a parent in reactive anger, but go underneath it. And then week three, because I'm not trying to help anybody here become a permissive parent, week three, what we discuss is how to set limits that peacefully stick, right? Because our kids need rules. Rules help them feel loved and know what's expected. So this isn't a course in letting our kids do whatever they want. It is a course in understanding their needs, understanding our anger, and then after that, setting limits from a place of regulation. When I'm regulated as the parent, you're regulated as the child, then we can set limits going forward and work on that. Lisa, a lot of my followers have are neurodivergent. Um, I'm neurodivergent as well. And then I know from from my experience that one of our biggest triggers is the sensory piece. <laughs> so I get, you know, something like if my kids hit me or if my kids throw things, that doesn't really trigger me. But it's more like when there is a lot of noise, when there is a lot going on. So when it comes to parents who are neurodivergent, um, their triggers come more from their sensory needs than any other thing what do you have to say to them like would would they still be able to apply these tools or or they need something more great question i i have worked with a lot of neurodivergent parents and kids and the course is perfect because in week two we dig into how to deal with our own anger we need a game plan when the anger comes up, regardless of the source. 
whether it's hitting or yelling or slamming doors or sibling fighting or shutting down or tantruming, as the parent, particularly if anger, reactive anger was modeled for you as a kid, you need to break the cycle and you need a game plan when the anger floods the body. And this is what we dig into in week two. And one of the benefits of the course is each week you get two recordings. The first one is the class, okay, where I teach the tools. And each week the second recording is me coaching other parents on the tools. So you get a chance to listen to parents where I'm coaching them on exactly how to put the tools to work and how to use, how to develop a game plan around your anger that you can go to time in and time again. And what happens is when you develop a game plan, much like playing a sport, right? The quarterback throws the ball enough times, he knows exactly how muscle memory comes in and he knows exactly how to throw it. And this is what I've experienced, right? I've, I've been peaceful parenting my son for about 14 years. And I don't do well with surprises. This is my thing. You surprise me with something new and I get super triggered and I go into my middle brain and I get dysregulated. But I have muscle memory now on how to deal with my anger. And I follow the same steps every time. I take a pause, I get myself regulated through sensory tools, and then I come back to the parenting. And this is what we can all learn and follow every time that will help us, especially if we're neurodivergent. <laughs> I remember yesterday, I always lay next to one of the twins. I switch back and forth until they fall asleep. And yesterday I was laying next to Miguel and his little foot, he started like pushing my thigh. And I don't know why I was so, like, I know because I'm like my sensory needs. So that little push, like constant nonstop push on my thigh, it, not, it wasn't that he was trying to kick me. He was just looking for connection. But for me, it felt really annoying. And it got to a point, I'm like, I cannot take this anymore. <laughs> and I had to leave the bedroom. And he was like, oh, wait, what happened? So, yes, um, many times anger doesn't even come from things that people would naturally see. Like, this is something that would make you angry. So, the fact that you are able to gain awareness of your triggers, awareness of what takes you there, um, it, it, it's big. It's big. So... It is. And I'd like to speak to that to a second. You know, I'm, it's going to probably choke me up a little bit, but I'm really passionate about this subject because so often the anger comes in our body from something that our kids haven't even caused. Right. And let's say that, you know, you've had a bad day at work or you forgot to take the chicken out for dinner and now you don't know what to make or you're tired of making dinner on a Tuesday night or you forgot to put the towels in the dryer before you left for work that morning or you and your co-parent are not getting along or, you know, suddenly your credit card bill is more than you thought it was. And the anger builds up within us, sometimes unbeknownst to us. And then we're projecting that onto our children, which is not fair to them. And so this is why I'm so passionate, you know, I felt growing up 
in, as an adult, now I can reflect back on my childhood and see that so much of the yelling, the threatening, and the punishing really had nothing to do with my actions, right? And so I'm passionate about helping parents identify, understand what anger is, identify it in their body. It isn't like our brain is saying, Marcella, Rachel, you're angry. There, you have to know how to feel into your body and know where that anger shows up. For me, I feel like a gorilla sitting on my chest and I can hear blood whooshing through my ears. For someone else, it might be tightness in their stomach. For someone else, it might be sensory overload. And I want parents to be able to identify that and then take a pause to work through it on their own rather than projecting that onto their children. And this is why I'm so passionate because I feel like if we could grasp this, the world would be a different place. If I'm not projecting my anger onto you, then you don't need to go to school and project your anger onto your peers or your friends as you grow up. And that creates a more peaceful world. One of the things that I'm, I'm thinking about is the parents who are in situations where the child is doing something that is causing the triggered reaction. The example that I think of is we recently had Thanksgiving break. So we were out of routine and in hindsight, I'm able to look back and see a lot of things that I wasn't able to see in the moment, but we were in the car a lot traveling to our different families to see everyone for Thanksgiving. And one of the things that my daughter does whenever she gets agitated in the car is she will kick the back of the seat. And if I'm the one sitting in that seat, it is so triggering for me. And I will start by speaking gently to her and I'll pull out, you know, all of my gentle parenting tools and even trying, there have been many times where I've tried to like meet the need in that moment. And I, again, in hindsight, I'm able to look back and say, oh, the need wasn't what I thought it was. But in those moments where they continue to do whatever you are asking them not to do, and you are pulling out all of your gentle parenting tools. I'm curious that this course helps you for those moments that it is the child's behavior. And it, it is our brain, you know, looks at that and says, this is disrespectful. You know, like you are blatantly ignoring what I'm asking you to do. And you're continuing to do something that is triggering me and yada, yada, yada. What would you say to that? Well, there's, that's a lot to unpack. Let's let's work it through it. You know, a lot of this comes down to week two, which is dealing with our own anger, right? So step one would be, is what I'm asking of my child age appropriate? Is she capable of understanding how triggering it is for me when she kicks the seat? She probably isn't. So I need to manage my expectations. Can I work through getting triggered? Can I... So maybe for the next trip, when I see, right, it's, it's Thanksgiving, we spent a lot of time in the car, that's tough for her, maybe she's a really active kid, I'm being strapped in for a long period of time, she gets bored, she's looking for attention, ways to entertain herself. So on the next trip, can I do a better job? Can we take more breaks? Can I bring more toys? And then, if she does start to kick the seat, can I work through my own triggers? Maybe I don't like it. Maybe I don't want her to kick the seat. But do I need to get that dysregulated over kicking the seat? Right? Can I move my seat up? Can I put her on the other side of the car? Do I have a third row? Like, that's really what this is about. It The course is never, and nothing I teach is ever about 
controlling the child. It is about setting limits and queuing in on age appropriate expectations. But really in that instance, the work is for the parent to really work through that anger and say, what can I do about this? Right? What, what can I do next time? And sometimes it is setting limits, right? If the child is older, it is setting limits. It makes me, it reminds me, Rachel, when, when my son was five, my husband's son and I had an opportunity to move to Europe for the summer. And um, I had a job over there. This was when I was back in my corporate world. And I was so worried about my son kicking the seat all the way on the flight from, from Boston to Zurich that what I did is I bought two seats together and then the seat in front of Malcolm, we bought that one as well. So Malcolm and I sat next to each other and Dave sat in the seat in front of him so that if he kicked the seat for 12 hours, he would be kicking Dave instead of a stranger. Because I knew if my the three of us were sitting together and my son was kicking a stranger, I was going to lose my shiz on the plane. And so, you know, it's that problem solving that comes about when we're able to stay regulated and deal with our anger. And sometimes it's not in that moment on that car trip, right? It's in three weeks when you go on the next car trip, because you're able to use these tools, you can gain some perspective and say, okay, what do we need to do differently this time? Because you're probably going back to the same houses. She's probably going to be in the car the same amount of time. So what can I do differently rather than expecting her to listen to stop kicking the seat when she's dysregulated? And I was thinking, talking about triggers, if she sends, like, because nervous systems are, like, they feed off each other. So if your child's nervous system senses that you are getting there, that would probably, like, make the kicking the seat behavior even worse, you know? It makes it juicier. (laughs) yeah and it definitely did and it you know I think that's that's such a great point for really it all falls back on our energy and our mindset and I love that you have created a short sweet to the point and also very effective mini course for parents and I'm not kidding I'm gonna get it for myself because I am always learning I'm a I'm a um, what do they call habitual student? Would that be what Constant it is? Student. Yeah. Well, and so let me tell you the punchline of the flight to Switzerland based on what Marcella said. Ironically, or maybe not so ironically, this won't surprise you all. We get on the plane, we fly to Switzerland. It's like a 12 hour, the kid doesn't kick the seat once. Yeah. Not once because my energy was so not invested and I hope he doesn't kick the seat. You know, my husband was sitting in the seat. We had flown quite a few times with him. And I was like, hey, if you need to kick the seat, kick the seat. He didn't kick it once. (laughs) Right? So to your point about the energy, I totally believe in that. Right? It's like your kid is playing, watching a movie. You decide to call your mother. You're excited to talk to her. You're thinking, oh, great. I'm going to get a few minutes on the phone. You pick up the phone to go make this phone call. And all of a sudden, your kid's like crawling all over your lap. It's totally that energy exchange going on. Yeah. Huh. That's very interesting. <laughs> Talking about kicking the seat, I, I have the same problem. Um, and, and then interestingly enough, uh, it's only a trigger for me if I'm already sensory overloaded. 
if I'm peaceful, like let's just go to jujitsu. I've been here all day in the house. Kick my seat. I, no, doesn't trigger me. But if if we've been in church and then the worship leader was really loud and then we come back from church or a loud place and they kick my seat, then <laughs> yes, it, again, it's like our. We may think that the trigger is itself the child's behaviors, but it, it could be just like the straw that broke the camel's back. And to your point, Marcella, your child or children do not un- understand when you're sensory overloaded and when you're not. There's no gauge on your body, right, that's red, yellow, green, right? And and so they're not tuned in and aware because they're brains are underdeveloped and they're all about themselves. So at a minimum, you know, you could have a code word that lets them know that you're sensory overloaded, which would be a great communication skill to to teach them. Right. Um, When my son was little, we'd go to the grocery store. This was my trigger. And I'd put him in the cart and we'd be going through the, and he just, would talk nonstop. And I cannot, I am a person who admittedly cannot do two things at once. Not me either. <laughs> and so I would be at the grocery store and I would say to him, sweetheart, mommy needs to use her brain. And that was how we communicated that I needed him to not ask me questions because I needed to think about which pickles we needed, sweet and sour or dill, right? And And to this day, now sometimes my kid will say, I'll open the door to go in his bedroom and ask him a question. He's like, using my brain, mom, I'm using my brain. And I'm like, okay, let me know when I can come back. You know, and so this is the thing you, we, we learn. I, I also believe that it's really okay to communicate our struggles to our children in a calm way so that they can understand what we're going through and they can meet us where we need to be met at age appropriate times in age-appropriate ways. The beautiful thing is that all those tools we're applying on ourselves, but as we apply on ourselves, they're learning to apply on themselves. That's so, right. Yeah, people tell me all the time, how do you prepare your kids to face the real future when you do peaceful parenting? And if anything, this is the parenting style that does that. <laughs> Because those tools that we're using on ourselves, that's, those are the very same tools that they're going to take with them when they leave our house. Totally. I say all the time, kids don't do what we say, they do what we do. So if you're verbalizing, hey, I'm modeling this for you. This is what I'm trying to model for you. Then they can connect the dots easier and faster and more permanently because then you're modeling it and then you're speaking your intention of the modeling as well. That is a double whammy that I I would love to see every parent use. I am intentionally modeling staying calm when things get crazy. Well, if you got anything out of this podcast episode, we want to invite you to leave a review and tell other parents who come to this podcast and want to hear from you what you're getting out of it. And also, if you are not following us on social media, we want to invite you again to do that. My Instagram handle is the considerate mama. Marcella's is high impact club. And Lisa's is the underscore peaceful underscore parent. 
To get the three-week mini course on the Anger Cleanse, open the podcast description here below, and you're going to see a direct link there to get that course at $47 off of $197. It's amazing, an amazing deal. So we know that you'll be encouraged by that. If you are an HIC cycle breaker, meaning that you are one of our HIC's customers, I encourage you to join us on our private Facebook group. We have an amazing community there, only a customer community, thriving. Um, that's the perfect place for you to share your wins, your struggles in social media. You may share your struggles and your wins and you get anybody <laughs> commenting, even people who don't understand gentle parenting. But in that community, it's a close community where we are all on the same page. So join us, HIC Cycle Breaker. You can find us on Facebook. Thank you, Lisa, for, for coming to our podcast. It was so much fun. Thank you both for having me. I'm really honored and really enjoyed our time together. Okay. And remember that it only takes understanding to transform your parenting. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.